Hey guys, it's Murph. At the end of recording Wednesday night, this news had not been released. On Thursday morning, Iowa State University announced that the Men's Cyclone Hockey Club has been suspended from all competition during the 2022-2023 school year. From the release, the investigation by the Office of Student Conduct found the team violated the Student Code of Conduct by organizing team activities that intentionally targeted new or rookie members. The activities dating back to at least 2018 involved underage drinking, alcohol abuse, personal humiliation, as well as financial penalties that were linked to admission, continued membership, or elevated status within the men's hockey club. The release goes on to say, the men's team must develop a comprehensive review and plan outlining new and continuing team education, complete anti-hazing and alcohol and drug abuse training, and restructure as a traditional student-led sports club. The club can be practicing in 2023 if the requirements are met by December. The Men's Cyclone Hockey Club responded with a statement of their own shortly after. The statement leads with, The administration at Iowa State University has failed Cyclone Men's Hockey. In turn, it has failed the program's student-athletes, parents, and alumni. The club said that they steadfastly deny any actions in violation of the university's code of conduct. A team event known as the Mud Run has been referred to as the Rookie Run by administration, making it sound as if though it was hazing when the event was not. They are planning on exploring all available avenues in responding to the university's sanctions and assigned Cyclone Men's Hockey players, parents, and alumni. There's a lot to digest here. We obviously went through this last year with Slippery Rock, and for the sake of Iowa State, it's a relief that the administration didn't give them the death penalty like we saw the admins at Slippery Rock do to their ACHA program just a year ago. But that being said, it appears that what Iowa State has been punished for are the same things that happen at almost every other college hockey team in the country, whether it be ACHA, CHF, or even NCAA. Team traditions exist that in the eyes of administration appear as hazing, and these administrations already don't have the time of day for non-varsity hockey at their schools. And whether you guys agree with this ruling or not, I think we can all agree that times are changing and that this is not the first time this has happened to the ACHA, and it certainly will not be the last. As non-varsity hockey programs running under club sports and recreational services, it's on us to make sure that we don't give our universities an excuse to pull the rug out from underneath us. The Hockey House will continue to communicate and support Cyclones men's ice hockey in their mission to resume play, and we will discuss the issue more on our next episode. Welcome back. Episode 66 of the Hockey House Podcast presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined by Colin Fitzgerald and our executive producer, David Herman, who's got some fantastic news for us this week as we bring you all the latest news from the ACHA and to the CHF offseason. Herm, I'll toss it over to you first because I feel like you've had this in your back pocket for a little bit now. It's been pretty hard to, to keep this quiet from you guys. I wanted originally to drop it live on the podcast. That was the plan, but people kept being like, you got to post this now, you got to post this now. So I got nudged into asking Murph about a graphic and then just kind of going about it that way. Cats out of the bag, headed to the Utica Comets as their new uh, social media and digital content manager. I will also be doing additional work for Utica City FC and Mohawk Valley Garden, which is the ownership group itself so they own uh some restaurants in the area and i'll be doing some additional work for them and i'm excited to get to work i think that's the the best way i can describe it is it's been a little bit of a lull period for me after my time with my previous employer wrapped up this is very very welcome and a positive step forward in where I'm going, hopefully. I mean, I'm psyched for you. Like I said, we chatted yesterday. Pumped that you're going to Utica. Proximity to Syracuse. That'll be fun. And I'm sure you'll make some treks to Cuse. And I'm sure the guys would love to go to Utica for a night. If it's half as much fun as they had going to Binghamton for the night, I'm sure we're in for a treat. So I'm looking forward to that. Is that a new map you guys got unlocked now? Yes, Utica. Well, I, I guess shout out to Nick Minuso. So I guess that's a name a lot of guys in the ACHA might know because he played everywhere in juniors. His girlfriend goes to Utica, so he goes there like every other weekend. Like he's playing lots of road games during the season and, and making the trek to Utica. So I'm sure he's all in to go to the odd. But I mean, that's an old school barn. Another like just like Syracuse, another one that was featured in Slapshot. Looking forward to making the trip down the thruway. I want to come check out one of those arena soccer games, Herm. 
the MASL is a good time, and Utica has one of the smaller barns in the ACHA, but they pack almost every single night, and it gets it gets loud, and it's raucous. One of the things that I did right at my tail end of my previous employer was I was the moderator on Twitch for the MASL itself. I know firsthand, at least like watching it and based on chat interactions, like how passionate and how crazy they can get. It's going to be a really, really fun time doing that in person. Herm, I'll cut you some slack because it's the first time we're going through this. I'm pretty sure you just said that Utica has the one of the loudest barns in the ACHA. Did I say ACHA? I thought you were talking about the AHL and you said ACHA, which would have been close. But if you were talking about the soccer team, I think you were way off then. We're going to find out when I go back to the recording on this. Future Herm, did I did I mess this up or not? You're just programmed to say ACHA. But I mean, Utica is a, a huge sports town. I mean, their Division Three team has one of the highest attendances in the country playing at the same arena. Plenty of hockey to be had in Utica. And like I mentioned, you're right on the throughway. So I mean, legitimately, it goes Utica, Syracuse, Binghamton, all within two hours of each other. Their head coach for the hockey team followed me on Twitter. So who knows? I might have to break the D3 code and go and shoot some of their games just because it's close by. It's a bummer that there's no ACHA teams other than Cuse within like a a 30 minute driving distance. Well, and and Utica is fine. Like people think that we're here to bash D3. We're not bashing D3 at all. Utica, that is a a great division three program. I mean, if you were going to go work for uh, Albertus Magnus or Worcester State, like we might have issues there, but uh, I'm fine with Utica like that, that uh, Utica, Adrian, Norwich, Trinity, like uh, those schools. Fine, fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. Speaking of minor league cities, Fitzy, were you in Worcester this past week? The family went out to see Ryan play ball. We got back on Monday. It was kind of a crazy trip with the travel. And if you guys saw some of like the a lot of the flights were getting canceled at Boston Logan. So it was it was kind of all over the place. But yeah, we, we spent the week. Uh, they played the Toledo Mud Hens. He hit a home run on Father's Day. So that was pretty sick. Uh, he also hit one on Mother's Day earlier. We were at at that series as well, both against the Mud Hens. So it was a blast. He's grinding, doing everything he can out there. Alex is a huge Red Sox fan and he keeps like nudging me. He's like, when's Fitzy going to get the call up? Alex desperately wants it to happen. It's it's the funniest thing. I'll keep it short, but they haven't invested a lot in him. They bought his contract for $1 from the Gary Railcats, his indie ball team that he played for. So you see like guys like Jeter Downs just getting called up. He was a part of the Mookie Betts trade. So they got a lot of more invested in guys like that. You know, a guy like him, it's it's much harder for him to get in there. It's just the way it goes, you know. So he's, he's not going to quit or anything. He'll keep grinding, but... That's that's how it is. I have stock in that he will be like the next Brock Holt for the Red Sox because he's a utility guy. I love seeing like he's all around the infield and the outfield, basically playing wherever they need. So I, I think in the long run, I think that'll definitely pay off for him. And he's still hitting bombs down there, too, which is awesome to see. I'm coming live from a cabin in the middle of the woods of Pittsfield, Massachusetts. We haven't brought that up yet, but I am legitimately on the top bunk of my bed here. I'm one of four counselors in a cabin with 10 kids. That's pretty exciting. Doing the podcast as like people walk by the window and like come into the room. So this is just wild scene, but we're we're making do. I'm on a hot spot right now. Like there's only one building at camp with Wi-Fi. So we're making it work for tonight. I would love to be one of the kids at this camp. I mean, just to give you guys a rundown, we spent all day today unpacking the kids' stuff. Like their parents ship up bags of bags of their stuff. So like I spent today unpacking, making the beds of the kids in my room. And then I went down to the roller hockey rink where I also spent a lot of time. And then we unpacked all their hockey gear and put it into their stalls. So it's ready. Um, I mean, this is the big time here. Like they're, they're coming and their stuff is in the stalls. Like, you know, we're talking like Liberty Minot state type stuff. They got the gear waiting for them in the stalls. So the campers come on, on Saturday. I've actually been sent on a mission. I got to go on Friday. They're sending, I don't know if I'm going Friday or Saturday, but they're sending me to Boston and I'm chaperoning the van of kids that's getting picked up in Boston and brought to the camp here in Pittsfield. So looking forward to, to doing that, and that should be fun. And I've also met, um, we've got at least one other ACHA guy working the camp, John Desmond. I'll give him a shout out now. Uh, he played at Western Michigan. He just graduated this year. He was the captain. And uh, it was funny. We connected on one of the first days he played ACHA, and I was just like, oh, like, do you follow the hockey house? And he was like, yeah. like, um, <laughs> And it was just like a wild conversation at breakfast to have. We connected that way, and it's been fun uh, hanging out with him so far. And I told him we're going to get him on the pod at some point. They have like a sports broadcasting 
thing that you can do. You can sign your kid up for when they come here. So I was trying to record there tonight, but they haven't set up the Wi-Fi in there. So I was like, I was going to have to hotspot either way. So I was like, might as well not carry all my equipment across campus, but having a blast so far and uh, looking forward to the kids getting here. We'll dive into some news here. Within 24 hours of us recording the other night, it came out that UNLV is going to take on the defending national champions. This was actually released by the University of Denver. They announced their schedule for the 2022-2023 season. This is two weeks ago. The defending NCAA Division One champions will take on the UNLV Rebels in an exhibition game on October 1st at Magnus Arena on the campus of Denver University, which is, I mean, when this news broke, I was shocked. Like, wild i mean unlv is already playing three games against alaska anchorage which i guess makes sense like anchorage team that has not been playing the last couple of years since covid and looking to get back into the swing of things playing at unlv but it worked the first time for denver uh last year their first game of the season they played lindenwood and they beat lindenwood 9-1 and then they went on to win a national championship it worked for lindenwood they won the national championship so it sounds like unlv is just getting in line uh and trying to get some of this good juju herm i was curious when you saw the news break what were your first thoughts because i know last episode we talked about UNLV and how much attention we give them. And as soon as we're done talking about that, it, it breaks that they are going to play uh, Denver next year. I, I thought it was cool. The varied sides of the responses that we got on the story, both on the side of like, they're going to get like pumped seven, nothing. And then the people being like, we're talking about miracle on ice here. Somehow UNLV is going to pull it off for the ACHA and we're out all, all going to go absolutely bananas. I hope I want to, I want to pick my words carefully here. I think UNLV keeps it within four. That's my hope. Sorry for the delay on our end. You guys can't see it because Herm was on top of things and paused it beforehand, but my Bluetooth mouse and my backpack connected and it just made my computer spaz out and I couldn't click on anything. I think a lot of the response, uh, well, the funniest re- response I saw to it was like, we asked for more ACHA versus NCAA games. This is not what we meant. Like <laughs> they're playing the best of the best, which I think another response I saw is like, this actually shows how much they respect the ACHA that they're willing to do it. And I think a lot of the reasons why D3 teams don't do it as often is because they know there's a chance they could lose. Whereas a team like Denver is like something crazy would ha- have to happen for them to not beat UNLV. I know a lot of teams, especially in the Northeast, play the U sports teams up in Canada for preseason. I mean, there's a chance when they play those U sports teams that they'll lose too. And I think they're just seeing like ACHA, it's competitive. In their head, it's it's more of a cupcake game. All it screams to me is that UNLV is posturing itself to make a a jump to D1 NCAA. That's all it says to me is they've got the money for like heavily investing in their program for the social direction, for equipment, for everything under the sun and they're trying to make a public splash by going after by by playing these d1 d1 ncaa teams in order to hopefully garner enough alumni support probably to to generate donations to go d1 ncaa I also think it, it brings up the point that Greg Powers mentioned to us when he came on the show, but like the goal, I think for them, UNLV still is to win a national championship. That was always the goal at Arizona State is to be the best ACHA team in the country. And I think that is what UNLV is doing. And when you do that, it leads you down a path where the option to go NCAA someday is there. I think a lot of people on the outside think that this is like a plea for them to go division one, but I think talking with a lot of the guys running it, it's still very much like they're on their own from the university and they're doing the best they can, but they're doing a darn good job of that. And I think it's going to lead them down a good path and playing these exhibitions will be really good for them. Like, like we mentioned, they're going to play Alaska Anchorage three times during the season. Uh, Liberty will get to play Alaska Anchorage. So this is all in all really good. And we're just glad to see another one, but the reactions from this were, were, were awesome to see. And we like doing stuff like that uh, on our story where we get a lot of people's opinions because good to get everyone's opinion from around the league. And I guess now would be a good time to segue. And if you want your opinion on the league to be known, be sure to head to the link in our bio. Our players poll is live. Uh, head to the link in our bio on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you want to do. Take the Hockey House offseason players poll. We want as much feedback from around the ACHA and the CHF as we can get. Uh, Herm, I know you've been looking through some of the submissions already. Thoughts so far from what you've seen? We are at 350 completed responses and just around 300 or so partial ones that will push to be completed in the coming days. I had to prune through a couple hundred responses that were partial of guys that just opened the survey and closed the survey. The initial results are kind of in line with 
the, I guess, perception of some of the questions. So like, I'll give an example away of like best treatment on the road. I have it set up in, in my results where you see a word cloud. So the larger the word, the more frequently it's it's included in a response. And liberty is just like giant in the center of the word cloud, things like that. So there's definitely a lot of interesting feedback in there. I know that the individuals in charge of both the ACHA and CHF are going to take it into consideration once we compile it for them. And speaking of the Liberty Flames, no surprise, but Jason Foltz's between the legs top shelf goal uh, against UNLV from earlier in the season did end up being our goal of the year, which I think, Herm, I believe we captioned it goal of the year potential in Liberty. Liberty, I think, did the same thing. Caroline tweeted it out, I believe. And so, I mean, just a high class hockey goal. Literally, I mean, it didn't really have any competition. Yes, it did face off against Jace Rierick's Michigan in the final, but. I mean, they won by a landslide in every round, which is, I mean, really good to see. And it got actually a lot of people talking about UNLV and saying like that was like one of the series of the year, that that series at Liberty where Liberty kind of stunned UNLV on the first night. UNLV came back the next night, won, and then we had that those great fights at the end of the game uh, that, that people love to see. So congrats to Jason Fultz on taking home the inaugural Hockey House Goal of the Year title. Uh, we also want to give stick taps to Louis Shanks, who continues his journey across the country on rollerblades. Louis and 10 for 10 got rolling in Los Angeles and are blading all the way to New York City to raise funds and awareness for Steven Johnson syndrome, a disease that almost took Louis's life when he was a young kid. As of Wednesday morning, Louis has crossed into Texas, which is unbelievable. Rollerblading from California to Texas in its own is insane. Uh, and Louis going all the way to New York City. I saw he was doing some interviews with some newscasters. He's Says he's feeling fine. He's feeling great. He's he's well a well-oiled machine at this point, and his body's feeling really good. So uh, we wish him nothing but the best. So be sure to follow along with his journey over on Instagram. He goes live about once a day, posts a lot of his story. It's great to see the progress that he's made. But we are going to go back to our question of the week. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, I want to give a shout out to intern Aiden. I call him intern Aiden because I, I think his, his Twitter is intern. It's not intern anymore. What? Herm, correct me if I'm wrong here, but his Twitter is something about being an intern. I just think intern Aiden rolls right off the tongue, but he is a goalie at Villanova. He's helping us out um, this summer as I, you know, brave uh, summer camp here so that we can make sure we're, we're covered on all ends here. But it was his, his idea actually to post the question of the week on social media every week so that you guys can voice your opinions and, and we'll cover kind of all those here on the pod. This week's question was, who is the most hated team in the ACHA slash CHF? So we'll go around the room. Herm, I'll let you start. You can give like your personal answer and then who do you think as a league everyone hates? Liberty, Liberty. You guys know the answer. Don't need any further explanation there. Fitz, uh, what about you? Personally, I'm going to go the rivalry route. Kentucky and Louisville. They, it was always, you know, fun games to play against them, but you just, you had to, you know, being in, at Indiana, you had to hate them to play well in those games. Nothing against those guys. Love, love those schools and everything. League-wide, I'd say, I'd say UNLV is given Liberty kind of a run for their money now. Adrian maybe used to be up there. I think UNLV with, we, we hear about their sick setup they have there in Vegas and everything. So I think it's really easy to, to get jealous of that easily, you know, not like them. Yeah. For, so for me personally, I always joke with people like they think like, oh, like Hockey House hates this team or they hate this team. You know, they love this team. There's bias to this team. I don't really hate anybody. I think if anything, like Delaware and URI are up there for me. I think those are games where like, you know, no matter how good they are or, you know, where we're at, like we always think that that's a winnable game and they're they're usually close and they're physical, they're chippy. So I, I would say URI and Delaware are up there for me. League wide, I was going to say UNLV, but Fitz, you, you covered that one. But I'll go a different route. I think you marry. I think a lot of people at the D2 level are, are sick of you marry. They could very much well be a top 10 team, I think, in Division One. So I think people are, are ready for them to make the jump to D1, which they will sooner soon enough they will make that jump so i'm gonna go with the marauders on that one and i think it kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way when they hosted nationals and they won and they played in front of their own fans i just think people didn't like seeing that so i think they've kind of always had a target on on their backs getting to the overall responses i mean pretty common here liberty unlv adrian you mary minot stony brook south carolina GCU, Central Michigan got some votes. Florida Gulf Coast got some votes. Syracuse got a couple of votes. 
that kind of threw me in a loop. I was like, geez, uh, one, one was from our friend Ben Smith. So I think he's just trying to give me a hard time there. Some of the more funny answers, though, were the bit Illinois because of the big pond, which you have to respect. Somebody said the College Hockey South playoffs, which we talked about last episode. Finally, the ACHA ranking system uh, was voted the most hated team. Someone called out Sarge on Twitter, too. And that got a ton of likes. I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, that tweet had a lot of likes. I was confused why people <laughs> were commenting Sarge. I didn't know we were getting that personal on the Bird app. But yeah, great responses from everybody. Before we, we cut to our interview, any more any more thoughts from the guys here? I know Glick was out this week. I believe he's at a Cincinnati Reds game tonight for his internship. But uh, Herm, any thoughts before we wrap it up? No, I'm just really excited for you guys to see the the survey results. Incredibly thankful for how much support that you guys have shown the Hockey House because that enabled me to take the next step in my career, which is huge. So forever grateful to to everyone who has said really, really nice things on Instagram and Twitter on my job announcement and even LinkedIn. It's been it's been really, really cool to see a lot of familiar ACHA faces. And Fitz, before we go, what do you what do you got for the next two weeks? What are you gonna be up to? Uh just everyone give some snaps for Herm at home. I'm gonna be just living the dream, boys. You know, you know me. First day of summer. We're having fun in the sun. Maybe get some rollerblade action going and just grinding. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you to everyone for listening. We've got a great guest this week. Uh, Frankie Moore is joining us. He's the captain at Roosevelt University, and he's actually a member of the Everything College hockey team who we've worked with in the past and look forward to continuing our relationship with them in the future. But um, he's been working for them for a couple of years now. Um, so that inter- this interview is brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. And the best part is your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at Optimex optimxsports.com backslash sign up backslash hockey house pod we're pleased to be joined by roosevelt university captain a rising senior from bloomington minnesota and a member of the everything college hockey team frank moore frankie welcome to the hockey house Hey, pumped. You know, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. We're psyched to have you on. I feel like we've been in contact with you for a while now, maybe since last offseason, I think, is when we first reached out. But it was a busy year for for you getting back into the swing of things, not only on the ice with, you know, having a full season, but with the work you do at everything college hockey, too, and that season getting ramped up. We'll cover all that here in the interview, but kind of walk us through. I mean, I think it was Ice Blades is the book, if I remember, but I read a book growing up about Bloomington Jefferson hockey. And I guess we'll start there. I mean, growing up in Minnesota, kind of walk us through like what that was like. Yeah, I think it's uh, Blades of Glory. I didn't read the book completely, but I remember being in high school. I, I did briefly read some stuff out of that book and growing up in Richfield, Minnesota. And then I actually migrated over to Bloomington Jefferson just for hockey purposes. Richfield program, you know, in the past has been uh, a really, a really strong hockey program. And, uh, you know, right around the time when I was looking at playing high school hockey, it actually ended up going downhill. So me and my buddy Kyle Windorf, we went over to Bloomington Jefferson. We just saw a better opportunity there. That was right around eighth grade. Playing it for Bloomington Jefferson, my whole family went there for high school as well. It was a, a weird kind of a shift for things but getting to know everyone there was awesome and yeah I mean playing there is just something you know Minnesota high school hockey as a kid something you cherish a lot and and take with you for the rest of your life the memories and the people you meet playing and stuff so that's a small small hockey community here in Minnesota so it's pretty special growing through your Instagram here it looks like you got to play in at least one outdoor game was that a hockey day in Minnesota yeah they actually had us at the uh, TCF bank stadium where the gophers play football there i just know that we they haven't done that before and it was i just i remember they uh told us we were doing that and i was like oh nice you know those jerseys those third jerseys that we were rocking with the stripes and the classic jefferson lettering across the front those are pretty cool so i still have that hung up in my uh it's at the hockey house actually back in chicago so it's just sitting there waiting for me but no it's uh that was an awesome experience something i'll never forget for sure was that the same year that they did the uh, stadium series game against chicago 
I believe so. That was okay. what, 2014, 15. So I believe so. Not certain. Wrapping up your, your high school career and looking to play after high school. I mean, what was your process getting into junior hockey like, uh, especially in, you know, an area of the country where high school hockey is just so popular? Looking back on it, I wish I had a little bit more knowledge on junior hockey, how it all worked and stuff. I think that when I was in high school, I was just so focused on making varsity. You know, I was never the top scorer or anything like that, but I knew that like my physicality was always something that could get me to that next level. And so I, I knew kind of like my role and stuff. So I was just so zoned in during high school on making varsity. Juniors was kind of like not on my radar too much. Um, looking back on it though, like I said, I, I kind of wish I got schooled through the process a little bit better. Um, so when I came out, you know, graduated from Jefferson. I didn't really know what I was going to do, but me and my buddy, Kyle Windorf, like I said, he went over to Jefferson with me. He, we got reached out by the Minnesota Flying Aces at the time in the NA3HL. And so we ended up going there and I never did any like camps or anything like that either. He actually just came to the high school, took me out for lunch. Jim Jensen was the coach at the time. Took me to Chipotle, sat me down, talked me up. No, I was sold on it. So then I went out and played in the NA3 for a year. It was a rough rough first season of juniors for me. I don't know. It was just a, kind of a different different game, but no, I had a lot of fun. Juniors is is awesome. Still talking to all those guys there from uh, the Flying Aces, but now that's the Wilmer Warhawks. So they actually, the year after I played there, 15, 16, went, I think the same people that own the Blizzard now own the Wilmer Warhawks as well. And then after that year, it was a little bit rough for me. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Took a season off, you know, just went and got a full-time job. Didn't really know what I was looking to do there. But I found out pretty quick that I needed to get back on the ice. So I remember I was out on the pond that winter. Some kid, Devo Barry, my boy now, he's like, yo, you got some pretty sick hands. Are you playing? I'm like, no, nah, actually, I, uh, I hung him up. He's like, no way, man. You got to come to our practice tomorrow. And he was playing in the USPHL for the Steel County Blades. So I ended up literally going to their practice the next morning, do their skate. Coach calls me in the office. He's like, hey, you want to come to Boston with us tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, let's go. So next thing you know, I'm on a plane to Boston playing in the USPHL showcase. He put me out there. We went into a shootout. Forgot who we were playing. First one out there, I ended up scoring in the shootout. So that was pretty cool. Pretty quick way to get back into things. You were just a deadline deal. Like they picked you up and, and all of a sudden you were lighting it up. Right. I mean, I tried to be that guy at the beginning. Um, I started out hot and then it was just kind of like average. I don't know. Um, they kind of already had their team figured out and whatnot. So no, but then I think I got like 10 games in with them or something. I, at that point, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do here? Because I don't have really any options for schools. I haven't really been looking into like the ACHA too much. I know it's a thing. Didn't really, it was kind of like the same thing for when I was in high school, looking at juniors from when I was in juniors, looking to college, you know, looking into ACHA, obviously what you guys are doing is huge, like spreading that awareness to kids that are like in my position when I was in, in high school. And that's the great thing about like ECH and the Hockey House Pod also just bringing so much um, awareness to the game that maybe me and you didn't have when we were kids as far as like a social media standpoint. You're wrapping up your junior career and you're kind of looking at schools. Before we get into like the school deciding point, looking at your Instagram again, like you decide to go visor in, in juniors. Like what was that decision like? Like it's a pretty sty look to go no visor, but I think that's a tough adjustment coming out of high school, right? It was interesting because I had, I was just like mouth watering to get the visor on. Playing with the cage, it's just like, it's whatever. I mean, now I wear the bubble for right now, just because it's like the easiest adjustment coming from wearing a visor for three years, I find personally. I came home first semester for Christmas break and I was rocking a cage and then I was wearing a visor in men's league. And then I went to put the cage back on. I was like, I feel like I can't see, like it's the most bizarre thing ever. And then that's yeah. how I switched to the bubble. Yeah, no, I even tried this season putting on a cage and I just couldn't do it. So that's when I knew that I was fully submerged into the bubble life. And so looking at schools, uh, you talk about not, you know, knowing a lot about the ACHA. How did you find a spot at Robert Morris? After the Blades, I ended up looking at the GMHL. I remember because I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was sitting at home and I got uh, tagged in an Instagram post 
from the Meaford Knights. And it was just like that they had drafted me or something. And I'm looking at that like, what is the GMHL? Who are the Meaford Knights? And I started, you know, looking into it a little bit and they were reaching out to me and um, they offered me a pretty good deal to just go out there and play. And I looked at it as a, an opportunity for me to, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to go to school, but I also knew that like I, I couldn't do it if I wasn't going to be able to play hockey. So I knew that this was um, kind of the last year I looked at it as an opportunity for me to make that happen. Halfway through my season there, I got reached out by RMU and just kept talking to them, ended up probably like quarter left of the season committing there and so I was kind of all set ended up I think right before I uh, committed tearing my meniscus so I had to that was right like winter break had to go get that repaired and that took about 50 days I think and it was my last junior playoff so I had to get out there as soon as possible I think 50 days after surgery a full bucket handle meniscus tear I was back out there so that was crazy but I ended up pulling that off and then yeah just spent the rest of the summer training basically getting ready for for ACHA. All right. And so you, you finally get to Robert Morris. Robert Morris, Illinois, by the way. I, I'm from the East Coast. So like when people say Robert Morris, I don't know, like I guess maybe I'm sure you get it at ECH all the time. When people think Robert Morris, they think of, you know, Pittsburgh in that area. It was not until I got in the ACHA that I knew Robert Morris, Illinois was a thing. And you look at the history of that program, like a program in the you know late 2000s that was doing really well and, you know, hosting the national tournament. Um, I want to say Daniel Walcott was in the ACHA playing. That was where nationals were. RMU was hosting it, but kind of walk us through what was your welcome to the ACHA moment when, when you got to Robert Morris? I'd have to say the first road trip we went on, I pulled out my laptop and I was going to use my uh, mobile hotspot on the bus. And I remember a uh, senior at the time, Matthew Walton was like, nah, man, there's Wi-Fi." I was like, no way. And I just didn't get Wi-Fi in juniors. So I was pretty pumped to hear that. And he said, you know, welcome to the big leagues. And that was kind of like a big welcome for me because, you know, ACHA, I don't think gets enough, uh, you know, in some areas, obviously some schools have it better than others, but ACHA, it, it really is a good hockey league. You know what I mean? It's, it's college hockey. There's that big uh, notion around that it's club hockey and stuff. What is that defined as? I'm not sure. What, what is the definition of club if the school like if the students pay for like I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I know I think that's like uh I think we still don't know and we've been doing this for almost two years now and we really haven't come up to think about it. I think a lot of schools maybe that have the NCAA teams, I think it's that's an easy way. It's like you have your NCAA team and you have the the club team I know schools like Niagara too, they have their NCAA team, they have their ACHA team, and then they call their B club team, B ACHA team, basically the club team. So I think it just depends on school to school. And I think maybe we'll kind of dive into that. But I think Robert Morris, was that an NAIA school? Um, When I joined, I didn't know really the difference between NAIA and ACHA. I don't know if they were in the past, but when I got there, I, you know, I did some research on the school and stuff and just saw their history and uh, obviously playing in the CSCHL with the, you know, some of the best of the best there. I just thought it was like, it was going to be, you know, good hockey there. So I just chose that. And, um, you know, it's super competitive. It's a tough conference, especially for, you know, RMU was a super solid program. Even my freshman year, we went 500. I, th I believe we were positive, but we yeah, ended up finishing 21. So the top 20 go to nationals. We were 21. And I know that that was a big, that one hurt, but ended up not even happening. I don't think because of COVID or it got all screwed up. Yeah, so. exactly. But I think that's a, a thing that is, is pretty common now. You know, there's NCAA and then it's not JUCO. It's almost like its own governing body, but the NAIA is where a lot of those schools like Dearborn, Indiana Tech, those schools out in the Midwest are NAIA schools, which means a lot of their varsity teams play through that, but there's no hockey in NAIA. So they put their team in the ACHA and that's where you see a lot of these teams getting treated like a, a varsity sport on their campus. And I think now we can kind of dive into it, but you no longer play at Robert Morris. You now play at Roosevelt. At what point did you find out about that transitioning that was happening? Yeah, I think we were in Iowa State. No, actually, that's when some other news broke out. Uh, we can talk about that later. But uh, I was sitting in class and there was this rumor going around that the hockey team was going to you know, be no longer. So I'm like, what's going on? We do some digging. And I guess that's the day that we found out what was that my 
the end of my freshman year. And we kind of did some digging and found out before they announced it that we were actually going to be merging with Roosevelt or Roosevelt. And uh, geez, I don't even know how to pronounce my own school name. That's that shows you how much. But um, no. So, yeah, Roosevelt was going to be acquiring the hockey team, though. But at first, we didn't know if that was even true. We didn't know if they were going to fold us. We didn't know what was happening. So I was kind of in a blunder with that. Didn't know what was going to be my next move because I didn't want to play it too aggressively. I wanted to be defensive, make sure I had options and whatnot. But it ended up actually working out. Bunch of rumors weren't true. They uh, they treat us really good at Roosevelt. And the merge has been, it, it was extremely smooth. You know, our first year was tough. But talk about like, because we kind of just talked about this, like this definition of, of club. What is it? Did the experience change for you guys? You talk about like having Wi-Fi on the bus your freshman year. In terms of like how the program was run, did anything change with the school transition or was it pretty much the same thing as freshman year? When I was looking at the the school, right, when I found out about it, because I didn't really know much about that. I didn't even really ever see Roosevelt, even though it was kind of right around the corner. But uh, I did some more research into it. And, you know, at first I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is probably going to be a better budget. Looking at the school, it's just really nice. It's a different kind of campus. It's a skyscraper on Lake Michigan. Yeah, no, the budget and everything stayed the same. Our locker room stayed the same right away over the summer. We had to get in there, got the guys in there. We started painting it. So we completely painted the locker room green and everything. And they threw up the school, threw up some decals in the locker room. And so it's looking pretty nice now. And, you know, nothing really changed. The only thing that, that did was uh, the color of our jerseys and the, and the location of the campus. Now, as a Minnesota guy, was it kind of tough, like changing colors? And now you're like wearing a North Dakota jersey, basically? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, <laughs> another one for me, too, is like, I don't know. I never pictured myself wearing green just growing up in Minnesota as well with Edina. Growing up, Edina has been all always been the rivals for us they knocked us out of uh playoffs to go to state two years my junior and senior year so i don't know it's it's a little bit weird but just new colors same office so not not too much mind to it yeah no that, that's good to hear it talking about, like that first season obviously when you're you're over the summer i mean it's the heart of the pandemic like everything's shut down what was that process like because not only are you going to a new school but like it's during the pandemic too which i'm sure was a huge adjustment yeah, it was it was weird. Um, everything kind of merged online. So I'm actually still taking classes online. I know that my senior year, though, I need to get back on campus just because I need to. Don't want to get older and be like, why didn't I go on campus more when I was living in Chicago? More than half the boys live off campus and it's about a 20 minute train ride to campus. My freshman year, that was a lot. I was working at the same time as as uh, taking four classes, going back and forth from Chicago on the train and whatnot. But with COVID, everything kind of switched online for a little bit there. I know that the, the campus was, you know, it was just different, different feel when you went there there it was not the same so yeah it was like kind of like a ghost town didn't really see anybody around so i don't know i've just been off campus and and taking classes online so you mentioned uh you know living at the hockey house did i have a question did First question is, did the house change when the school changed? And then follow-up question, what is it like being in a city school and commuting to the rink? It's different. I'm used to it. But I'm sure if I was going to Q's or something like that or a bigger school with a, with a team, I assume you live on campus. We live in a house off campus, but I mean, it, it might as well be right it's next like, to the dorms. Yeah, right. Exactly. So um, I bet you it's a lot different, you know, but I'm used to it. I actually kind of almost appreciate it just because I know myself. It's been awesome for me. I usually just rip homework on the bus and stuff and use that time to get stuff done or, or stuff for ECH. As far as the hockey house goes, everything kind of stayed the same besides kind of the guys that are graduating will leave and uh, new guys come in and whatnot. The hockey house is always changing. We're always updating it, renovating, trying new things. But no, it's an awesome, awesome environment there. Everything kind of stayed the same, though. We still got some RMU um, memorabilia up, too, just to pay our respects. There we go. How many guys you got living in the house? We got one girl, Sochi. She plays on the women's hockey team. And then we got me, Nate, and Zach living in there. So ni nice gang of hockey players living together under one roof. It can be a lot, but it's, it, it makes for a good time. I can tell you that. And so you're online looking at, 
you know, the, the schedule, you guys didn't play very many games during the pandemic. Kind of talk about how tough that, that first season at Roosevelt was because of the circumstances. The circumstances were extremely tough. Um, we, our first year, we were um, merged with the D2 team. We didn't really know what was going on too much. I mean, we, with COVID and everything, obviously, the protocols and all these different updates and them canceling practices here and there from different scares and whatnot. But I think we we didn't end up playing games until like January, my sophomore year. We only got like four games. I think we scrimmaged a couple teams. No, it was tough. I mean, we played University of Illinois and I think they smoked us like nine to one the first first game, second game, 10, 10 2 or something. I couldn't tell you the exact score, but a lot different coming from RMU with uh, the team that I played on before. The biggest difference I think was just the the age um, and the maturity of the team as far as that goes and the experience. I think I was one of four freshmen my freshman year, four or five. Now, I think last year we had about, what, 16 freshmen. So it was a lot to work with, but the guys have been awesome. They're getting into things and, you know, they're getting through that adjustment phase. So we looking at next season, we're looking at a a much more experienced team. So I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it. Yeah, that's good. I I know the feel. And I I think you and I both kind of share that Uh, Qs. We had 18 rookies this past year because we I mean, we tried to do the same thing during the, the 2020 2021 season but we only just practiced all second semester we weren't even able to get any games in and then you got 18 rookies this following year and we play in a pretty tough conference on the east coast and i mean i can't even imagine you guys going up against lindenwood in ohio and illinois i mean that's just a powerhouse conference right there how how nice was it though to get the first win in roosevelt program history though this past season against uh, western michigan that was huge the boys definitely needed that because it was a a tough start to get that one and watch the guys because I was actually sidelined the beginning of the season with a uh, broken ankle. So I had to get that get surgery on that. So I was uh, in the stands watching and it was just it was unreal to experience it. And um, yeah, it was a good time after that one for sure. Pretty much a gauntlet of a schedule of the teams that you guys face this year. Like what what's a place you a team that you hate playing against and what's like a place that you like playing at? I mean, people have a lot to say about the big pond at, at Illinois and I'm sure, I mean, I can't even imagine going into a, a game against uh, those Lindenwood guys this past year. Yeah, well, I haven't played Lindenwood myself since my freshman year. Going there, my freshman year, it was super exciting. Um, I think that that rink was fresh. Yeah, no, that was that was a tough game. But I think the first game we went out there, we tied them. I ended up getting one of those helpers. I think it was two to two. Went into overtime. They ended up beating us. Yeah, I just remember their coach must have just got them or something because they came out and smoked us the next game. But yeah, that was the last time I played Lindenwood. And we're actually backing out of the CSCHL and we're actually moving to the GLCHL. Great Lakes. Switching it up, we're going to be playing a bunch of uh, Michigan teams now. That'll be different. I think that it's going to be better for our program just because of obviously with COVID and and merging to Roosevelt and, and all this stuff. We have to recruit. We have to kind of rebuild our program here. As far as Roosevelt goes, the, the cultures that we're building is it's really good. It, it's you feel like a pro there. So it's really it's really a cool experience. Yeah, I mean that that sounds like it's a great move. I, I'm just thinking of of the Great Lakes League. I mean, obviously the powerhouse is Adrian, but after that, it's pretty even the rest of the way in that conference. I know uh, Grand Valley State actually won. They upset Adrian in that playoff tournament this year and got the title. Mm-hmm. That'll be a pretty competitive league next year. And I think it's so hard to be successful in in the ACHA when you're playing against those powerhouse schools all the time, like you would in the CSCHL. But before we dive into the ECH stuff. Some, what are some of your you know favorite memories or, or any funny stories you got from your playing days so far? I know you mentioned that the news that you received at Iowa State uh, earlier, you hinted at a story there, but I don't know if there's anything you wanted to mention before we, we kind of change gears here. Yeah, tons of good stories. Probably only have time for a couple. So I think a, a really good one was the classic bus. I think we were, it was my freshman year. Our bus driver actually smoked a Porsche. And so that was actually really sad to see because he was an awesome bus driver. That was 
interesting for sure. So that was crazy. The boys were freaking out. We're like, what the heck is like, what, what's going to, that's tough for him. Cause as soon as we get back, who knows, but that was crazy. And, um, I don't know, as far as stories in the ACHA goes, I think that the entire ride's just been one big, crazy movie, it feels like. Obviously, I leave for the summers, but when I'm back, it's just one big movie. So how about, uh, what about funny teammates? Like, who's a guy that, like, constantly gets the locker room going? We talked about, like, you know, it's been a tough past two years, you know, and a, a new, basically, program. Like, who's getting the boys going in the locker room every day? I think that uh, Zach Brum's been awesome for us. He's on the mic. He gets the boys going pretty good. Um, I try my best to get the boys going in the locker room. And uh, the overall group just kind of bounces off each other. It's a it's a good mix of, of guys with all different types of personalities that makes for a good group. So it's fun. We'll certainly be on the lookout for Roosevelt this upcoming year, especially, you know, changing conferences. But I think going into, you know, this past season, I wasn't quite sure how we were going to, you know, manage keeping up with hockey, schoolwork, and and kind of creating content here for the hockey house kind of walk us through how you got involved with everything college hockey yeah for sure so it was after my or no it was after my uh last year juniors when i was uh in canada in the gmhl my buddy that i he used to be the equipment manager at jefferson so we went to high school together and stuff james murray he came over and we were just talking and stuff and i knew that he had been doing the ech for for a little bit, been kind of watching on social media and whatnot. On the, he had an Instagram going, and I think he had what around like thirty five hundred followers or something. I don't know the exact, but ballpark there. But it was like following seven thousand or eight thousand or something. So I know that. But the the idea that he he had and just everything college hockey was awesome. So I was talking to him about it. And I'm you know we were kind of thinking, and I just asked him. I'm like, hey, so is this a, a hobby for you, or are you looking to turn this into like kind of like an organization? He said, yeah, you know, organization, let's, let's do this thing. And so from there, I kind of just been involved um, on the development of things. And then from there, we got our camera guy, Miles York, my other buddy growing up, like I said, Kyle Windorf. We played with hockey with each other our whole lives. And uh, Connor Thelman does the podcast with James. And from there, we kind of just, uh, you know, divided up the labor and started figuring out you know, scheduling our posts and, you know, all that good stuff that I see you guys doing uh, a really good job at too. And and so we just kind of, from there, we just kept with it. We knew we had the whole entire vision and whatnot. So, but yeah, it's just been a complete effort with kind of all of us all over the map, making sure that we're staying, you know, in tight communication and meeting with the Zooms and whatnot and uh, keeping the ball rolling. Yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome so far. That's that's the CCH project of ours. Is, you know, we always said it's just a huge passion project. And for me, I just always want to work in the hockey industry. So it's been good uh, experience in that in that field, for sure, for me. And just, uh, you know, I'm going to school for business marketing, too. So it's been uh, applying all the things that I'm learning in these classes actively into ECH too. It's helped me kind of retain a lot of the knowledge that you learn doing a business program, actively apply it as well. And so we've just seen like awesome growth in ECH and, you know, I've met such such cool people through there. And, and so it's, that's kind of what we did it for. It was kind of just like, obviously to grow the game of college hockey and, and, you know, just have grow relationships with, uh, you know, all these different types of people and, you know, like uh, me and you talking on the pod right now. So no, this is awesome. And um, no, it's just, it's like I said, it's been one, one hell of a journey so far. So we're excited to keep the ball rolling. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you can pretty much tell that you guys really love what you're doing and, and the work that you guys put out. I think one of the coolest things that you guys do, and I know, I mean, just to name a couple off the top of my head that I've seen, but I mean, you guys, you go to uh, these different ranks and you guys film kind of these, uh, what would you call them? They're not necessarily vlogs, but are they game day experiences, right? Yeah. We got the game day experience videos. We got locker room talks. And then, uh, so it, it's a little bit of like a, a vlog but um yeah just kind of showcasing schools and the first couple of years for us also and, and breaking into all these different segments was kind of showcasing what we're capable of to people we've always just done this stuff out of pocket and whatnot just out of the love of the game but for us was obviously just showing kind of you know what we're capable of and um you know miles york has been just awesome he, he's just crazy on the camera connor and james obviously killing it me and wendy buzzing on the background of things making sure that the things are going in the right 
right direction and all that good stuff. And then we got a bunch of other guys that help us out too. Shout out to Austin Plevy, Dan Jackson. We got Laz too. He's he's working on the NHL stuff right now. So that's awesome to see. But yeah, no, it's really good to see. Kind of walk us through what it was like going to nationals. I mean, you know, you guys were able to go last year in, in Pittsburgh when things were kind of starting to to open up and you were able to do that. And I know the the crew also went to, to Boston this year. Like, what are those like? Because I mean, at this point, like you guys are kind of rock the ECH merch and like people know who you are. They see you guys in the crowd filming like it must be pretty cool to be out and about and have people recognize what you guys are doing. Yeah, it is super cool. It's different but uh, i'm getting used to it as we go at the end of the day it just we we love what we do regardless and anytime you know i was just at work even and some guy saw my ech bracelet and he's like oh i like your bracelet I said oh thanks you follow us he's like yeah uh my son does too and I, you know that just no it's awesome being out there especially when people recognize you with the ech stuff on and being in that game atmosphere when we're just kind of working and going around interviewing fans and just trying to get uh, the best content as possible the whole entire atmosphere is awesome you're kind of zoned in and dialed in after a game or something. You kind of sit back and you're just like, yeah, that was that was crazy. Like what we just did. Thinking back five years ago, I, did, I wouldn't think that, it, you know, this would, would be what I'd be doing. But um, no, I'm just happy for all of us for sure. Yeah, I, I understand that feeling. When we went down to, to nationals this year and covered that, like there were nights where Herm and I were getting back to our hotel. It's like, one in the morning and we just can't go to sleep because I mean, we're exhausted from the day, but it's just so much fun doing this and, right. and growing the game. And I think we both have really cool kind of aspects to cover here. Cause I think we, we both look up to what the chicklets crew is doing. And obviously there's only so much they can cover because hockey is just such a big game and they're obviously going to see the NHL highlights and that's their go-to. And I think you guys have kind of followed suit and you got all of college hockey covered and we're kind of r- right behind you guys and making sure everyone respects the ACHA and the CHF and, and all of club hockey. And it's been awesome, you know, working with you guys. I know I sat down with James and we talked and uh, we, we did some collaborative posts mm-hmm. around the, the break, but I, I think it's really cool. And, and we obviously look up to you guys and what you're doing. Anything else you want to, you want to give a shout out to maybe, or touch on in the ACHA, but we, we've loved having you on Frank. Yeah, no, like I said, appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And uh, as far as shout outs go, just shout out to all the boys that I played hockey with and everybody that's been a part of my personal journey and, uh, you know, all the great coaches I had, uh, my mom, my dad, Uh, shout out to you guys, obviously, everything that you guys are doing. Shout out to ECA, shout out to all the boys. It's been uh, an awesome journey. I'm pumped for my senior year. I'm feeling really good about the upcoming season. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot of the recruits getting back to skating here pretty soon. I think we start up in uh, the beginning of August. So yeah, I'm just ready to get back to work, enjoying the summer right now. Just going to keep trying to work on uh, some new stuff for ECH. I know we got a bunch of good stuff planned. Keep things going in the right direction. Keep the ball rolling. Frank, thanks for coming on. Thanks for, for chatting with us for a bit. And, you know, we look forward to watching Roosevelt this year and watching ECH grow as a whole, too, uh, from a college hockey perspective. Likewise, yeah. we uh, I try especially, too, just being uh, in the ACHA covering as much as possible but i already know that you guys just do such a great job that like there's just you know i'll just leave that out on on the table for you guys and you guys just you guys do an awesome job so it's just it's awesome and and we'll figure out some more collaborations in the future as 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 we keep going here so of course just just growing the game of college hockey as a whole once again frank thank you for coming on and uh looking forward to next year yes sir good luck to you and uh and uh the hockey house and um cues for your uh senior season is it going to be yeah senior year as well so i guess you and i you and i we'll we'll keep in touch here because you and i same boat we're both making content playing college hockey so uh, we'll definitely keep in touch going forward yes sir love the grind